If you've been looking for someone that talks about youth sports in the DMV, from basketball to football, volleyball, soccer, lacrosse, baseball, and softball, you've found it. We are the authority. We are the authority. This is the AC Sports Report. There's a thriving community of youth sports in the DMV, and we cover it all. From interviews to game reports to player scouting, public and private schools, and we even cover the college recruiting process. This is the AC Sports Report, and here's your host, John Miller. On this episode of the AC Sports Report, I have Robbie Davis Jr., the Owner, co-owner of co-owner. Robbie's First Base, yep. which is a sports memorabilia company in mm-hmm. Timonium, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Robbie, I really want to thank you for uh, finding this place. Hopefully it wasn't too hard. Nope. Very easy. <laughs> Very easy. <laughs> so before the show, we were talking about some of the things you've done in the past, mm-hmm. and I want to go back to some of your youth sports activities. You were a sure. baseball player, basketball player, mostly baseball. Mostly baseball player. I mean, to be honest with you, I always loved playing basketball more for whatever reason. I was way better baseball player, played baseball, you know, throughout. Like I was saying, we played Little League, played high school, played college, signed professionally with the Milwaukee Brewers in 99. But basketball was always like, that was my fun sport. That was my release. I think it was because I knew that I really wasn't that good, so it was fun. You know, but basketball, man, it, high school basketball was like the highlight of my life. I really loved playing high school basketball. Of all the sports that I played and all the time that I played, high school basketball was where I had the most fun. So I got to say, basketball and baseball, that's mm-hmm. a combination. Those are very different sports. Well, so here's the thing. Like, when, when I was growing up um, in Howard County specifically, they had no football, no youth football. So, and my mom probably wouldn't have it in any way. Um, and then basketball and baseball were like the two biggest sports, other than soccer. Soccer was big, but... I never was a soccer guy. You know, I feel like now that's like the introductory sport for all kids. They all, everybody kid plays soccer. It's the first thing you play. But um, for me, it was baseball and basketball, and it stayed that way the whole way through. Baseball, what position did you play? Center field. Center field. Center field, baby. You got wheels, an arm, and you could probably hit. I had wheels, I had arm, I could hit to all fields, a little bit of power. But uh, yeah, I I had a a nice little all-around game. That's cool. Did you go to college? I did. And did you play in college? I did. I played for uh, Catonsville Community College here, CCBC now. And I played for Palm Beach Atlantic University in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. That's that's cool. It was very cool. It was very cool. It was uh, an experience that was unexpected. Um, you know, I had signed with the Milwaukee Brewers in 99 after playing at Catonsville Community College. And then from there, I had signed um, – pre- previously, I would signed a letter of intent to East Carolina. Um, be- because I was asked by my coach, Walter Yaus, in the summertime um, playing summer ball, I uh, played for a team called Corgans, Johnny's, Leone's. People know that team around Baltimore. Uh, that's where Al Kaline played, Reggie Jackson played, Willie Mays Aikens, a bunch of, bunch of guys over the years, uh, Moose Haas, a whole bunch of just old-school baseball names. But uh, he had asked me one day in the summer at a game, he's like, what would it take you to sign professionally? He's like, do you want to play professional baseball? And every kid at that age wants to play. So, of course, I said yes. Um, three weeks later, I had a contract, and I was signed by the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, Went to spring training, got had an injury in spring training, was released, and then now I've got two years of eligibility that I can't use. I've been released by a professional team, and pretty much like my career is over, and I'm 20 years old. So um, at that point, I tried to get my eligibility back to go to East Carolina, couldn't get it because I at this point I never played any games professionally. So even though I accepted the money, um, I wasn't really I, I, I never played. So I had to give my signing bonus back, which wasn't really that much anyway. Give my signing bonus back proved that I wanted to be in school, 
which I did, uh, two weeks before it comes time to go to East Carolina, again, can't get in. So my coach, Dean Albany, who's another baseball guy in Baltimore, he asked me, say, look, um, we got this NAIA schools that we're, we have a couple of coaches, a couple of scouts from the Brewers that are coaching these NAIA schools. Would you be interested in playing for one? And uh, I said, yeah, of course, I want to keep playing. And one was in America's Georgia. It was Georgia Southwestern University. And the other one was in West Palm Beach, Florida. So you know how, you know how that went. So that was a really hard choice. Yeah, that so was So oral, yeah. nowhere, out in the middle of yeah, Georgia yeah. fields. Yeah, Palm, out in the middle Palm of Beach, Florida. Or West Palm Beach, Florida. Hmm. So, yeah, that didn't take much. I think we much. know where you went with that Yeah, one. it didn't take much deciding. And, and that was great. It was a great experience. But, um, you know, by then, you know, I was an All-American down there. Had a good year because uh, I only went there for one year. But by then, I'm a couple of years older, and it's just, you know, I got a girlfriend and this, that, and the other, you know, and just things didn't work out the way they should. And, uh, you know, looking back, like I always tell kids, you know, I pretty much decided to stop playing. You don't need to stop playing until somebody tells you you can't play anymore. Play for as long as you can because as much as I love work and working owning Robbie's first base and being on TV and that kind of stuff, man, everybody wants to be a ball player. That's like the, you know, and who, you know, hey, you might not be a pro player. You might only be a college player. might only be a high school player. But whatever it is, play for as long as you can because uh, you can't get it back. So I'm glad to – good segue into Robbie's first base. So you were telling me the story how the store started as a shipping – Yeah, well – yeah, well, company or or a place that did packaging and stuff like that, and it progressed into some sports mobility based on your baseball card collection. Absolutely. So, can, can we dig into that a little? Oh bit? yeah, of course. So we were opened in 1989. Um, we're just a shipping center. We ship packages, UPS, Federal Express, like that's what we do. We're basically like a mailbox, etc. Um, but in order to teach me some entrepreneurial skills, my dad decides to let me bring my baseball cards in on the weekends in a little tin box that we still have now to this day. And, um, you know, this is before social media and before people can, you know, text somebody on a cell phone and say, Robbie's first base has cards before you knew it, like a month we're, we got baseball card customers and now we're getting cases of baseball cards and displays. And lo and behold, you know, a year or two later, we're a full on full blown baseball card store. And part of the reason was, um, the timing was perfect. Baseball cards was going through a boom at the time. It was like 88, 89, 90, 91. Everybody was collecting cards, kind of like now. You know, it wasn't just, you know, a father or son. It was like little girls and their moms. And every, everybody was into baseball cards. No matter where you went, you could go to a baseball card shop like us or your local 7-Eleven, and people were buying baseball cards. So it was just a, a really good, you know, t- the timing of it just worked out perfect. Then about five years later, we get the Ravens. And then once the Ravens came, people really, really started inquiring about sports memorabilia, which in our store, we had all around the store anyway, because we had athletes that we knew. My father's private occupation, he owned a car dealership. And at that dealership, the pitchmen were Eddie Murray and Brooks Robinson and Fred Lynn. So by knowing those guys, of course, we have autographs from all those guys and many other people, you know, and pretty much it's just decoration on the wall. That's what that's what it was. But um, people wanted to buy it. And then once the Ravens came and people started going to the training camp and getting guys to sign autographs, and then they were doing these radio shows where, you know, people, you know, can bring their item and meet the player and get it signed, you know, that kind of thing. It just blew up. And like I said, that was probably about, you know, mid to late 90s. And then we win the Super Bowl. And from there on, it just, you know, all hell broke loose. It was just crazy from that. And the industry around the country grew. You know, it really did. It was being marketed more by companies and it was more in your face. Football was more popular. Basketball was more popular. But, you know, all the sports were just kind of like 
they're more in your face then because they, in the beginning, you know, it was pretty much baseball and that was it. People didn't care about NBA. People didn't care about NFL. And now it's just like it, it's come full circle now. And that really, really, really hit for us locally in Baltimore and in, in, in the Super Bowl. And you see it, you know, on all the businesses. You know, how many businesses around Baltimore now pretty much were built upon that, you know, especially these bars, restaurants, things like that. It's a big deal. So baseball cards are coming back? Baseball cards are huge right now. Baseball cards now, I would honestly say, are bigger than they ever have been. And the biggest reason why, it's not necessarily so much that they're a bigger deal than the last boom in 89, 90, 91, and in that area. It's the fact that there's now social media and there's you know Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and people like really, really bringing it to the forefront. And you know we're in this big mode right now where like people want to, it's, I call it like the, the, the crypto era. It's like people want to buy something and be ahead of the curve. They want to spend $5 or $10 and get something that's worth 5000 three weeks later. And hope it goes to the moon. And, and hope it go, exactly. Yeah, to the moon. Exactly. And these cards do that. These cards do that. You know, it, you know people, there was a little kid a couple of weeks ago that got, he had a, a card that was like a four or $500 card out of a pack probably four years ago, and he sold it at an auction house for a million just, just six months ago. You know, and that's a card that the kids have for a few years. A little kid, you know, nobody, he could have just walked into my shop and bought the pack. Right, right. So it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's totally, totally taken off. So I gotta, I'm digging through my memory banks and they're old and dusty. So bear with me. Tops mm-hmm. cards? Mm-hmm. Or is there any, any, who, if tops are popular, I guess. Well, so it's funny you should bring that up. That's the only one I can think of. Tops is pretty much the mainstay of the industry. Okay. However, oh. they just got bought out by Fanatics. Oh, hello. So now Tops will no longer make a card anymore. Oh. And tops was like the one thing you could guarantee from year to year, year in year out. You knew you were going to have tops, and that's why a lot of people kind of got out of the card collecting because it got to be too much for them. You know, there was tops, there was Fleer, there was Don Russ, and then then Score and Upper Deck came in, and then all these companies came in, and people didn't know which way, which direction to go. But throughout all that, tops has always been like the mainstay, and now they're they're no longer. Now it's going to be uh, run by Fanatics, which I think is going to be a good acquisition because I think that. Uh, the way that they run their business in general and the people that they have working for them, I think, are so sharp that they're going to they're gonna be good for the industry. They really are. Football cards, basketball cards. Do, can you get cards from other sports? Are oh, yeah. They popular? Yeah. You know, I say baseball cards generically. Like, people say call a, a soda a Coke, you know. But, uh, yeah, I probably— Unless you're in the Midwest and then it's pop. And then it's pop. Yeah, right. And so, you know, baseball and football cards now are probably more popular than— I mean, I'm sorry, basketball and football cards probably more popular than baseball cards. And number one, it's I think the kid, the athletes are more marketable. Um, number one, football is one of those sports where, you know, people, they shut their Sundays down. You know, I don't care if it's your grandmother, your dad, your mom, your sister, your brother. Everybody's sitting there watching a football game, and you're in tune with what's going on. And the athletes are in your face, and they're young, and, you know, they're, they're somewhat some relatable. Um, baseball, I just think that it's a little slow moving, you know, compared to basketball and football. And, the, and the, the players that they market just aren't as exciting to the kids. So in turn, the baseball and the basketball and the football cards are way more popular. You know, if I ask a kid what his 10 most you know, popular athletes, five most pop, favorite athletes are, probably, probably not going to be many baseball players named in that bunch. Yeah. You know, they might say Mike Trout or they might say Tatis or somebody like that, but they're probably going to say Giannis or LeBron or Lamar or Brady or Mahomes. Yep, you yep. know, it's just, it's just the way it is. So I'm guessing you sell more than just cards. Yes. So, so memorabilia. So give, give me something interesting. I, I watched your show, Ball Boys. Love mm-hmm. it. I'm a fan. Awesome. Um, I saw a guy bring in one of the episodes seats from Detroit Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's kind of a weird 
thing to have. It is. So Do they get weirder than that? Well, yes and no. So yes. Maybe weirder is not the right word. Yeah, so they get more obscure than that. Like people like one of the big things on Ball Boys was uh stadium dirt. We oh. had we had dirt from a stadium and everybody wanted to get the dirt. So to the point they on the Ball Boys, uh Sweet Lou, who is one of the guys that works with us, he bought this dirt. And he got ridiculed on social media for buying this dirt. Like, what idiot would buy dirt? It's dirt. How do you know it's not from out in the backyard? It's dirt. Anybody can just put some dirt in a jar to the point where the executives at ABC were fighting over trying to buy this dirt, which we had already sold. We had already sold the dirt. Stadium dirt's a popular thing. Wow. But, uh, yeah, people like that kind of stuff. Because, like, so the one you saw was actually uh, Detroit uh, Tiger Stadium turnstile. Yes, it's, that was it. You're it right, was right, right. turnstile, but we do, that. but we do seats. You know, we do, we have seats right now. I just sold a set of. I think maybe that's what I saw. You have seats now, yeah, yeah. and the turnstile was on ball boys. Yep, I just saw sold a uh, set of Cole Fieldhouse seats uh, a couple of days ago. Um, just bought a set of Memorial Stadium seats yesterday, actually, and uh, it's a big deal because people want a piece of that. And it's you know it's it's memories, um, and it's stuff that I actually think that's going to be the next big craze is. Game use memorabilia, which is already popular, and just pieces of stadiums and tickets because uh, number one, tickets now you can't. There are no tickets now. It's on your phone. Yeah. So you know the the days of having a screenshot. A, yeah, exactly. You know, and maybe that'll lead to like the whole NFT thing, which is a whole another ball game. But uh, yeah, I think they like you know pieces of stadiums, tickets, game use memorabilia, that kind of thing. It's going to be a big thing moving forward. Very cool. So now, but you guys do some auctioning too. We do silent we, auctions. I guess are more popular now just because of the pandemic and stuff like that. Well, the vir- the virtual auctions are more popular now. Virtual, yeah, yeah not silent because of the pandemic. Um, you know, it, we've always done virtual auctions. We've done silent auctions, but the, the virtual auctions have kind of moved to the forefront now because people, you know, either they cannot get in a venue or they're not comfortable and they don't want to be in the venue. So we've been doing these virtual auctions, and uh, you know, the virtual auctions have always been a thing. But in the past, people wanted to be at an event in person, had that competitive, you know, like, I won this item. I beat you. Like, you know, people people like that. It's like, All right, well, yeah, you kind of did one, but you owe me money. So you bought it. You didn't really, really win it. You know, but that's how that's how it makes people feel. You don't get that with the virtual experience. However, the thing that's really making the virtual experience you know, really blow up now is the fact that people are comfortable buying things on the Internet. I mean, my wife, I shouldn't say this, but, you know, she buys groceries on the Internet. People buy stuff on Amazon. You know, people are. You know, they're constantly on the computer buying it's stuff It's okay now. to buy groceries on Amazon. <laughs> we, we won't hold that against her. So if she's listening, I'm like, don't you know, be the, mad at Robbie. You know, the grocery store is in our neighborhood, and they are open now. But, you know, it's just like, hey, these are just like things that people got comfortable doing during the pandemic. So, hey, it's, 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 that actually has worked out in our favor. So you were a youth athlete. You've high school, college, mm-hmm. had a little bit of a pro career, mm-hmm. still working in or around athletics. Yeah. So why do you think athletics is so important to us? Why do you think we are into this so much? You, you know, I tell kids this all the time. I, I coach my kids' sports teams, and, you know, they don't understand because they're 8 and 5, but I tell, tell some of the older kids, it's like, you know what? I played all these different levels of sports, and I was fortunate enough to sign a professional contract, didn't work out, you know, but the one thing that I can take from, you know, playing sports is all the people that I made. All the, all the friends that I made, all the people that I met, you know, I, I learned how to get along with different people, people from different backgrounds, you know, just you just meet so many different people. And that's the stuff you take away. And not only that, you learn so many life lessons. You learn how to deal with success, how to deal with failure, you know, all those things, you, you know, especially playing a sport like baseball. That's a, a sport that, you know, 70 percent of the game, you know, for a hitter, at least, is 
based upon failure. And that's considered good. And that's considered good. Yeah, you're you're a stud if you do that. So it's like, and that's what you get from sports. You know, it's not about, I see the parents, you know, I, I know it's big now, you know, training and year round and this, that, and the other. But the biggest thing is, are they having fun? Are they making friends? You know, you know, they're learning how to deal with other people and communicate with people because you can't do that sitting in front of a tablet at home or being playing video games. You know, you got to be out there with with other people. And it's even harder now, you know, with the way the situations are with school, you know, back and forth, going virtual, things like that. So sports are I actually feel like sports now might play a bigger role than we really think, because it seems like sports are the one thing that, you know, when things are open and accessible, it's like that's the first thing that, that, that people do, you know. You sign up for soccer, you sign up for t-ball or sign for basketball, something to get the kids out there and moving around. And it's, it's so much bigger than that because it's, it's a lifelong thing. You know, the things that I do on a daily basis in business, whether I want to believe it or not, a lot of them stem from lessons that I've learned playing sports my whole life and people that I've met. That is a great way to end. Yep. So if people wanted to learn more about Robbie's First Base, I'm guessing you have a website or we do. social media. We do. We have Robbie'sFirstBase.com. And then on social media, we're also on Instagram. We're on Facebook. It's also Robbie's First Base, spelled all the way out, R-O-B-B-I-E-S-F-I-R-S-T-B-A-S-E. And uh, one other thing that I want to tell people to be on the lookout for is, you know, we did the Ball Boys on ABC about 10 years ago now, which is crazy. It seems like time just flies. You look the same. Just like- <laughs> well, that's, that's a compliment because I know I don't, but I, I, pre- I appreciate the compliment. I appreciate the love. But um, we're going to have to do work on another project with Ken Golden, who owns Golden Auction House in New Jersey. It's going to be on Netflix, and this one is going to be big. So when should, when should we expect this? This is exciting. I think it's going to probably break. I think it's going to hit probably summertime. Um, the production is going to pretty much start end of this month, January, March. Uh, I mean, January, February, March, and probably hit Netflix midsummer. It's going to be a big deal. Unfortunately, we're not the focal point of the show. We're just on the show, but it's going to be really good for the industry. I think it's going to be a really, it's going to be an exciting show, and people are going to get to see like what's out there. There's so many cool pieces out there, and uh, people are going to really get to see that. So after it comes out, can we get you to come back to do another episode? Of course. Maybe? Oh, absolutely. Robbie. Oh, I, oh absolutely. Robbie Davis Jr. The price Jr. would just be different. That's of course. <laughs> Robbie Davis Jr., thank you for coming. I appreciate uh, the time, and appreciate I'm glad you, you found me. here. Appreciate you having me. You've been listening to the AC Sports Report. As you know, there's a massive scene of youth sports in the DMV, and it's our passion to cover it all. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.alstoncarlisle.com. Till next time, this has been the AC Sports Report.